0: I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. But on some points, I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder, because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed for many years to come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, and to be helped on my journey there by you once I have enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I am going to Jerusalem, bringing aid to the saints." I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints so that by God's will, I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen.
1: Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word and that even in these final words, there is truth for us to understand what you want to say to the church. And so in this, would you by your grace and favor Make this clear to us as we talk about this, that it will be something that we will be able to carry home and understand your will and purpose for each one of us. We are your church. We love you. We want to hear from you. Now, in Jesus' name, amen. Paul's final words. Well, he had another chapter yet to close, but those were all the... Uh, people that he wanted to greet. And Paul had not gone to Rome, as you will recall us talking. He hadn't been there yet, but he wrote this letter because he had heard about the church in Rome, the believers. I think they were a very special church by the fact that this is a pretty large book. And it contains just about, I would say, the the very essence of what the gospel is all about and who Jesus Christ is. Romans, I think, is the most essential book in the New Testament. It gives us the foundation of our walk with Jesus Christ. It's not a letter as such. It's a a treatise. It is a study that I believe that Paul himself spent a lot of time on this letter, crafting it. It's put together in an ingenious way. And I think that all of us would do well to to go through it often in our devotion time, really understanding what the Christian life is all about. Because there are teachings, even in our age, that are very much against What Paul is teaching here and we need to know that these truths can be hidden and there are people who will interpret them in such a way that they will diminish the ministry of Paul and much more the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives concerning Jesus Christ this is not just a a book of the Bible that we can give or take or just have it sitting on our shelf. This is a gold mine. And what we have done in this past year of going through, we have just skimmed the surface. I really have not dug into it and had the opportunity to really go through it. We, we should take five years, maybe 10 years, to really understand what these teachings are. And I trust that we'll keep going back to it so that we do understand the will of our Father through sending His Son on the cross for our sins, aliens that we are, Gentiles, pagans, those without the truth and without light. That's what Romans is about. And it should be a... Inspiration to us, not a condemnation. In the very heart, remember, Paul said with distinction, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he also declared, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And that means that all of us can rally around the truth That although these teachings may be hard to understand or maybe even hard to apply to our lives, that the Spirit of God wants us to get these inside of us because they're essential for living the Christian life. It's not a take-it-or-leave-it kind of book. Okay? I picked out five points here that I've underlined out of what has been read to us. I myself am satisfied about you, Paul writes. Verse 15, I have written to you very boldly. Three, in Christ Jesus then I have reason to be proud of my work for God. And Number four, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel. And then five, I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of Of the blessing of Christ Let's take the first point I myself am satisfied about you brothers That you yourselves are full of goodness Filled with all knowledge And able to instruct one another Paul has a very high estimation Of the Roman church Never met them He obviously had met some of them But as far as going and visiting The church itself He hadn't been there yet But he says, I'm satisfied about you. He has confidence in the believers at Rome. And his commendation of them is uh, three qualities that he picks out. They're full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. I could dare say about MCC that you are full of goodness. Katie and I have experienced nothing but goodness from the fellowship that we've had this last two years. We love you. We understand you love the same Lord that we do. And those of you who've been here for many years have given witness to the fact that this has been the, the very quality of MCC from the very start. In fact, when we were here 20, how many years ago? 30 years ago, first. That was what we sensed about this congregation. It's goodness. Why? Because you're just such sweet people? Well, that may be, but that only goes so far. But your goodness is that you want to hear the word of God and want it lived out in your lives. That's where our goodness comes from. And that has been the character, I believe, of this church from as long as we've known it. And we count it a privilege to be asked to come back and to share with you on a a more regular basis. Thank you for that goodness extended to us. And he talks about filled with all knowledge. Well, all can be kind of relative, right? Right? I mean, we're always growing in in new knowledge and understanding. Or at least we should be. But this all means that you emphasize those things that are true of Jesus Christ and you're unwavering in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, you would have gone off into all kinds of knowledge and been turned away. But... Because you've held on to that which is precious, God has honored you. And that's the way Paul felt about Rome. That after all these years, how long has... What's what's our anniversary here at MCC? 35. Thank God for this church. You know, sometimes we diminish the things that we just take for granted. We just think, well... Aren't all churches like this? No, I don't think all churches are like this. Unfortunately, I wish that all churches were like this. And we wish to see in Japan churches raised up like this. But you know, one of the things that I think that we're very unique here at MCC, particularly here in the basement part of MCC, the international part is that we are gathering flavor from all over the world of brothers and sisters who have come here that have just enhanced our Christian walk. And then he says that you're able to instruct one another. And that, I think, is a quality that it's not something that's static. It doesn't just flat out be, okay, you're able to teach something. No, it's always growing. And I think that that is also a quality that I see here in this church similar to what Paul the Apostle saw in Rome. They had more desire to be instructed and to be taught and to learn how to walk the Christian life. We need that from one another. We need to have brothers and sisters come to us and say, you know, here's something I just learned in, in my devotion time. Can I share it with you? Oh, wow. Our ears should be, please, please, share it with me. And I think that there's that attitude here of receptivity, of wanting to receive the truth. And Paul commends them, I am satisfied about you. And Katie and I say, praise the Lord that we've had this opportunity to be here for these two years. They were passionate about the word. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us these days through the word and we need to listen carefully and apply it as it is appropriate. It fits. Even though these were written several thousand years ago, these words, we need to apply them as so though they just came out off the press. These truths that Paul is sharing with us, we need to apply them. Number two, writes in uh, verse 15, but on some points I've written to you very boldly by way of reminder. He's not saying, well, I'm going to teach you something new. He's saying, I'm just going to remind you. And Paul is being a teacher type, teacher type. He sees this as his gift to the Romans because of the grace given to me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. That is his desire right from the get-go, right from the beginning. He wanted them to be able to take note of how they were planted as a church there in Rome, a very vile and pagan society around and gave them encouragement by what he saw in them. But he says, I'm I'm writing very boldly. Some people said, Paul was bold in his writing, but when he came to us, he was very meek and mild. I can relate to that. Uh, I come across very strong in the pulpit, but I see myself as quite meek and fearful myself in, in my presence. But the point is, we as believers need to be passionate. We need to be as Paul, bold in our passion for the Lord and meek with one another. And I want to learn how to do that. I want to learn how to be not so intimidating, but that bold and passionate for the Lord, but meek in my own presence and who I am. Help me in that, okay? Number three, in verse 17, in Christ Jesus then, Paul is proud in the sense of not, well, you know, I planted so many churches, uh, led so many people to the Lord. He's not counting those kind of things. That's not what we count. Poor preachers that are are asked, how many do you have in your church? As if that was proof of success or non-success. Yes, it matters if you are left out of the church. Every one of you are precious, but we're not counting how many are in our church. That shouldn't be the measure. The measure is, are you passionate for the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you love his word? Are you reaching out to others? That's what's important. Not how big your church is. That is not a boasting point. But he says, I have reason to be proud of my work for God, that he would speak that which Christ had accomplished through him to bring Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. I'm not there yet. I trust you're not there yet. Of saying, Well, I fulfilled my ministry of the gospel of Christ. And he's talking about something else than just the end of his life, because Paul has several years yet to live when he wrote this letter. Number four, verse 20, and thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. Paul is talking about here, he says, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel not where Christ has already been named. You know what? He's writing to the Romans. Paul did not plant the church at Rome. In fact, we probably don't know who did. Some say Peter did. No, Peter didn't, as far as any record we know. So who planted it? It was the dispersia, those Jews that were at Pentecost in Jerusalem. And then they went back to Rome and to the Roman Empire. They're the ones that were on fire for the Lord there. And it sprang out of nowhere, so to speak. And those names, we probably will never know until heaven who they were that shared. And we can say the same thing about this church. We don't know where you came from. Not all of you came to the Lord here in this church. Many of you came from other places where you found the Lord and then you found out there was a, a great church in Kichijoji. That was God leading you there, but that's not where you got your start. And we are just a gathering of people that have been touched by the Lord and are here together fellowshipping, worshipping with one another, and loving God and loving his people. Paul says that he was given a ministry, and that ministry was to preach the gospel. But as I researched, well, what is this ministry? Paul's ministry came to him not as his ministry It came to him as an assignment from the Lord through a man named Ananias who heard the word from the Lord saying, Saul has come to believe in me and he is in Damascus. Go get him and bring him in to the fellowship. I have a ministry for him among the Gentiles. That was Ananias. Paul didn't receive that word, but he did receive a a ministry to the Gentiles specifically. Here's another thing that happens sometimes. And Paul was careful to not fall into this. And that is, we often say, well, I have a ministry. But the thing is, it isn't my ministry. It's not even talks ministry to be up here playing. We say, my ministry. I hear a lot of preachers. I hear hear a lot of teachers. I hear a lot of Christians say, well, my ministry is... You know what? There's only one place in Romans where Paul mentions my ministry. And really, in the Greek, it's specifically the ministry of mine that I was given. Ministries are given to us as a trust. They're not mine. They're not yours. Well, I've got the ministry of teaching little children. Well, you've been given that ministry. It's not yours. And so you must handle it carefully because it isn't yours. You've been entrusted with it. And that's the way all of us are as believers. It's not our ministry. If it is our ministry, it's not of the Lord, I can tell you that. We need to be careful about saying, well, that's so-and-so's ministry. No, it's been entrusted to them. It belongs to Jesus Christ. Talk read this in Isaiah 52. Those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. That's a very wonderful blessing that Paul pulls out. And again, last week, remember, we talked about the fact that Paul had a recall that was phenomenal. For him to be able to remember these scriptures, and he didn't have Isaiah 52, 15. Those numbers were not there. Those numbers actually didn't come into being until about 1,400. That's 1,400 years after Paul could just pull that that scripture out. Why? Because he had sat and memorized those scriptures and he knew them in his head to be able to recall and the Holy Spirit brought those to him. And then in uh, verses 22 to 28, which we're going to skip this morning, Paul's explanation of his delay, he was collecting offerings from the Gentiles for the poor in Jerusalem. Paul felt that The Gentiles had so received from the riches of the heritage of the Jews, those faithful Jews in Israel that they had received as Gentile believers in Rome and other places that Paul was collecting for the poor, beaten down Christians of Jerusalem that's why he was gathering this collection to take to the uh, the poor in Jerusalem. Number five, I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. Paul was suffering from the wear and tear of the gospel. He was coming to a place where it was heating up. Everywhere he went, he was being affronted by Jews who had not accepted Christ, they were Jews that were jealous or zealous for the worship in in Jerusalem at the temple. And they would not give in to the Christians and not give in to the Christian movement that was happening in the Roman Empire. And so they dogged, they followed Paul And they attempted then to kill him. And on several plans that they had laid out, they had planned to kill Paul. And Paul had to be aware of this. And a couple of times he had to escape from them. The enemy does not like the message of the gospel of God concerning Jesus Christ. And he said, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers of Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. Well, get this. That prayer that he suggested to the Roman Christians came true word for word. He didn't know what was ahead for himself. He had gathered this collection together to take it to Jerusalem. But when he did do that, and he came, those Jews that had not received the story of Jesus Christ sought to kill him and put an end to him. But I believe that the Roman Christians who had received this letter were praying for Paul and joined with him. And they are the ones that should be credited with the fact that Paul then was arrested by the Romans, which was an escape from the Jews who hated Christians. Basically, that's what happened. And if you read that, with that understanding, that prayer that Paul had asked that they join him, was answered to the last letter there. Incredible. Actually, what happened was that Paul was arrested by the Romans and taken then, because he was a Roman citizen, to appeal to the emperor. And that was his ticket, so to speak, to Rome, where he spent several years with them at the church in Rome. You wonder, does God really answer our prayers to the detail, to the last letter? You probably say, well, I wish I had faith to believe that. No, he does. And I think you've heard some of Katie's and my stories where it has been down to the last letter of it and it was in such a complicated process of events that led us to even come here to Japan we had no idea about Japan and through God's working we spent so many years here and that was God's working out so don't never doubt the prayers that somebody may pray for you god does have a way of answering prayers to the minutest detail. Amen. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are God and there is none else but you. Because of the testimony of Paul this afternoon, our hearts are encouraged. We know whom we have believed and are persuaded that he is able to bring all these things to pass on behalf of those whom he loves. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.